0: The Metaverse is emerging as the next big technology platform and promises to be the next frontier for human experiences on the internet. Into the Metaverse covers companies, technologies, and trends that are bringing these promises to life. Join creator and host, Jonathan Ross Friedman, founder and CEO of SuperSocial, as he interviews the brilliant minds that are building, shaping, and investing in the Metaverse.
1: Welcome to Into the Metaverse, I'm Yon, and joining me today is Sandy Carter, Senior Vice President and Channel Chief at Unstoppable Domains. Unstoppable Domains, which recently raised $65 million Series A, led by Pantera Capital at a billion-dollar valuation, whoop whoop, creates NFT domains that give people control of their data. Each unstoppable domain is a cryptocurrency address, which serves as the user's login to the decentralized web and, in a sense, can act as the user's universal username. Sandy and her team are responsible for driving new partnerships and integrations. Previously, she was Vice President for Strategic Partnerships and Channel Chief at Amazon Web Services, and prior to that, General Manager of Ecosystems and Startups at IBM. Sandy, I'm delighted to welcome you on Into the Metaverse.
0: Thank you. It's my pleasure. I can't wait. You've had such amazing guests on, so thank you for having me on as well.
1: Pleasure. So let's dig in. Sandy, the first thing I'd love to start with is actually the story of Unstoppable Domains so we can really orientate the listeners what it is, how it works, how it helps people, and most importantly, in my mind, why now?
0: Yeah. So Unstoppable Domains was started back in 2019 with a really powerful mission. And that mission was to provide Web3 domains as a digital identity. The very first use case was a superpower that a Web3 domain has that a Web2 domain doesn't. And that is the ability to transact with a crypto. So what a Web3 digital identity did back then in 2019, number one use case was taking that long, horrible set of letters and numbers and translating it into a human readable form. So for example, sandy.nft. And that was really the first use case. That's how Unstoppable was born, was based on that first use case for digital identity. Fast forward to today, that use case is still available and working great today, but it's now been expanded. Now your digital identity even has more power. So for example, in the Web2 world, when you log in on to Google or TikTok or Facebook, you're using your username and password to log in. And that means that all the data that's accumulated about you while using those platforms belongs to the platform. That's why they made over $100 billion last year selling your data and my data. So what that Web3 digital identity does is it enables you to own the data. So big difference, ownership, who owns the data, who owns that digital identity. And so in Web3 now, that digital identity, sandy.nft, not only transact, but it contains all my important data that enables me to do things like have a real name on a gaming leaderboard, be able to do encrypted email, have a decentralized website, and be able to log into over 400 applications, transact with over 165 different wallets, really gives a lot of power back to the user. And so that's kind of the story and why now, our mission is to put a digital identity into the hands of every person on the globe. We believe that digital identity is a human right, right? Owning your data because that data about you is who you are. So why should somebody else own that information about you? And so that's our mission and our passion today is to really drive that home and why now, now this is the entry point, this is the gateway for brands to try it, for individuals to start getting set up is to own their own digital identity.
1: Now, let's put that wonderful explanation about Unstoppable. Let's put it in the context of the much wider conversation that is obviously maybe a bit less hype now, which is probably not a bad thing, but nonetheless, it is pretty much happening. And what I'm talking about is the emergence of the metaverse. So more simply put, The emerge the evolution of the internet into something that is a persistent, immersive 3D virtual world that are ideally interconnected, where ideally people can go in between different platforms, carry their identity, bring their assets, their digital assets with them. Maybe there's some also physical connectivity. But if we think about the internet as something that is going to be this massive interoperable network or virtual world where you and I can jump around between different places, very much like in the early days of the internet, before Web 2.0 platform consolidated different islands on the web. Why having a control of my identity and my data is going to matter to people? And a follow-up question to that is, even if we do have data in control, What are some of the things that can really go wrong for people when we own our own data and we control access to that data?
0: Great questions. So first of all, you know, again, I'm just going to repeat, your digital identity is your human right. But more importantly, it's going to define who you are. So if you think about the metaverse, and you and I were chatting before, I mean, the thing that I picked up from what you were saying and all of the examples you were giving me with all the great companies you've worked with were, was that people were at the center of the metaverse. So if people are at the center of the metaverse and they're going to experience this immersive environment around them, most of them, if not all of them, are going to want digital identity to be a part of who they are. And let me just explain a little bit. So if you think about you as a person in the metaverse, you want to be known as uh, having an identity, right? So, for example, I just went to Davos. I went to CES. I met some of the same people. They knew me, and so I built my reputation up. Well, how does that work in the metaverse, right? So hopefully I'm going to go from one metaverse to another metaverse to another metaverse. I don't want to have to create my reputation over and over and over again. If I want to keep a consistent identity, like I might sometimes want to have two, but let's say I want to keep a consistent identity. How do you do that? It really comes from that digital identity that works in the metaverse. And that enables you to build information about yourself. Could be fun information, like which concerts you've been to, what wearables you own, to even just building up clout for giving advice or doing seminars in the metaverse as well. I just did a lecture in the metaverse and they gave me this little badge that now travels with me as I go from metaverse to metaverse. And it gives me some reputation, some valued cloud or certification that I've done that. Now, what that also means though, is as we are maturing, which the metaverse is still young, but it is maturing, is we're now looking at standards in the metaverse. So how do you travel? How do you teleport or port from, you portal from one metaverse to another And so you do have to have metaverse standards that exist. It's one reason why Unstoppable Domains was one of the early members of the OMA3, which I'm sure you know about. It's the Open Metaverse Alliance, if you haven't heard of it. It was founded by Sub, who is the COO of The Sandbox, and Dirk, who is the CEO, I believe, of Upland, And they founded it so that we could define a digital identity that would be transferable across metaverses and avatars that you could take with you across metaverses and a definition of land and buildings, right? So if you're building in one metaverse and then you buy land in another metaverse, how do you track that? Well, today you can store that all in your digital identity that's built by Unstoppable. And in fact, one of the recent partnerships we just did was with Ready Player Me. If you go into your digital identity, You can define an avatar, and then that gets linked into that digital identity profile. There's a URL in there. So anytime you sign into a metaverse, Jan, your avatar comes with you. So now you can have, if you want, a consistent look and feel across any Ready Player Me metaverse. Really powerful.
1: Interesting. It's almost like the analogy that is in my mind, but with way less regulation, is some sort of a passport. Right. When I travel around the world, I need to take my passport. It's my singular documentation of my identity. However, unlike what you're describing in a passport, I can't really carry too much information on it. I'm also, I also look the same, which is something you need to kind of change all the, maybe once in a decade, if you're lucky. And then really what you're describing is kind of a passport that we, everywhere we go on the internet, we bring all of our data, all of our information, all of our history and we control it. Do you imagine that do you imagine that by being able to carry our identity and our assets with you, with us, do you imagine that necessarily mean that those assets in and of themselves will have to interoperate with all the different platforms because one of the things that i think a lot of people who talk about interoperable identity on the Internet is that, oh, and especially related to worlds I'm part of, which is gaming and interactive experiences. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if if I can have my asset or my avatar items on a place like Roblox and then I can carry them with me to Fortnite? And I'm like, well, you know, philosophically, yes. But like, why would you do that? Like, does it make sense? Do you have certain assets Do would it fit the graphics and so on and so forth? So the reason I'm saying this is my question based on the work you guys are doing at Unstoppable how much of what exists today in terms of the way the internet operates would actually allow us to gradually and seamlessly evolve into a world where you're describing where it's more of a user-owned internet where we can bring in our data everywhere how much of that is still is already there and ready from an infrastructure perspective versus how much do you think needs to be built in order to truly unlock a world that you're describing?
0: So I would say that we're still early on, but we are already leveraging some of this today. So for example, I'll show, I'll tell you what we have today and where I think we could go, right? So today, inside of that digital identity, that's powered by unstoppable, i could for example showcase tickets i could show a dress x wearable i could show what level of games i'm at right i'm at level five here a level 10 here i could link to an avatar i could show classes that i've taken and certifications that i've gotten so there is a set of data and it's almost like you described it as a passport it's almost like a linkedin profile where you're where you can show what you want but you can use it. So it's like LinkedIn plus passport plus. I have to think about that analogy because I love what you said. And all of that is available today. So you can use that today and try it out. You can log in today. All of that is available today. You can do rewards like we've got a music festival who is has a metaverse version and a in real life version. We're seeing a lot of that where they're doing NFT tickets. And if you buy a ticket and you have it in your digital identity, you're going to get a reward for going to maybe three concerts in a row. Maybe two of those are in person, and one of those is in the metaverse. So I think you can do all of those today, right? Rewards and, you know, showing off what you have, using it to travel with you. What we're working on is how do you designate land across metaverses? So is that through an IPFS address? Is it through an XY axis? I think this is going to be really important though, because Jan, you would want to know like how much land do I have, not just in one place, not just in decentral land, but how much land do I have? How many buildings do I own across everything? And is there a common way to designate where that land is, right? Like on an XY axis? I think that's coming pretty shortly. Other things I think that are in the works are healthcare data. So, imagine being able to carry your healthcare data inside that digital identity, how that much that could help you in in the real world, right? I attended this conference in New York City with 100 healthcare startups, and they were telling me that most people are misdiagnosed because the doctor doesn't have access to all the information about you. It's all siloed. So imagine if you could carry it, and then you could choose to share whatever pieces you had. It could really be very valuable. So now if we think about the metaverse, you know, I buy earrings in one, it would be great if I could wear those same earrings or that same virtual dress in another metaverse and not have to recreate that. I don't think that we're there yet, but it is one of the things we're working on with the OMA3 is developing standards for things like wearables, for example. So I do think that we've got enough today to start trying it and using it. And we have a vision of where we want to go, which I think is always very powerful.
1: That's a great springboard to a question I have about, let's assume it's all happening. Everything you're describing is happening and we are going to move into a world where it's more of a user-owned internet, where we carry our identity and our assets with us. Where does it put unstoppable domains, let's say, in the year 2030? How do you think about the company and where it could be and the impact it could make over the coming decade?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, if I look ahead at Unstoppable, I think that Unstoppable will be the the standard for digital identity across metaverses, and I'm hoping in real life too, right? Think about your driver's license and deeds to land. I think all of that can be stored there, and I think that would be something that we would see from Unstoppable. I also think that, you know, today, I was actually just talking to my to one of my grandma and grandmas, and they were telling me that when she was growing up, not many people had an appliance like a refrigerator. Right? Some people did, some people didn't. I think in t- 30 years, I think we're each going to have a data appliance to store our data. So I'm thinking in 30 years, all that digital data about you, that appliance may come from Unstoppable. Right? It may be something that we. Um, that is branded and it's so easy that anybody could manage their data. Not like today where you need a a database administrator, for example. I think you're also going to see a lot of interoperability standards that will come out from what we're doing and how we're doing it. So, for example, I think all of your land will be defined in a particular way. And I think a lot of that ability to portal and map will be stored inside of that digital identity. So if you're thinking about that spatial information highway, how you get there and how you exhibit that will also be available through Unstoppable. Hmm. And I just, I see lots of opportunities for a lot of the challenges that we have today in the metaverse as well, such as asset transfer. I'm hoping that we can help define a way to analyze and assess those assets that exist hopefully would be sitting in your digital identity and then those would be able to be shared between virtual worlds we'd have an ability to describe that asset with some set of metadata we'd be able to provide guidance and best practices and certifications so that you could use that as it's stored in your digital identity so i know that's a lot but that's kind of what i'm thinking
1: i can see that and i appreciate the explanation and actually That's a great kind of switching gears to a slightly different topic I wanted to cover with you, which I'm curious about, which is you've worked at IBM and you've worked at Amazon for Amazon Web Services, undeniably two of the most iconic technology companies, also two of the largest technology companies. And now you're at Unstoppable Domains, which I think is in the few hundred people in a new area, kind of frontier tech impact on multiple industries. What has been sort of the journey and what has been what it has been like to grow from someplace like IBM to Amazon Web Services and working at that scale and now trying to reimagine the way the internet operates when it comes to into digital identity with Unstoppable. I think it would be incredible to for the audience to understand that journey and also not only what led you to make those moves, especially from AWS to Unstoppable, but also Why did you decide to make that move at that point of time?
0: So you have to understand a little bit of history about me at um, IBM. So one of the things that I always used to focus on is emerging tech. So when you think about IBM, I helped to start a new category called SOA, which is service oriented architecture. It's actually used today in the metaverse, and it's actually what the cloud is built on. But way back then it was like emerging, like no one had done it before. And so I was able to help shape what that was. And that became one of my superpowers. So I helped IBM do that with SOA, service-oriented architecture, and then I moved to IoT, Internet of Things. The cloud became on the scene, so I got to do it at the cloud. And then I worked on the Watson project at IBM. So if you remember, We were really the first out the gate with Watson, which at that time, remember it played Jeopardy and it played chess and it was pretty amazing. So I got to work on all that emerging tech, which means that when I was in those companies, I did have a lot of people that worked for me, but we were always kind of looking at what's the next thing? How do we monetize it? And then once we started monetizing it, I passed it to someone else and I moved on to something. When I left IBM, I actually went to a startup that was focused on an innovation platform. And that's actually where AWS found me. I was working on this, was kind of like a Myers-Briggs for a company. You almost measured your innovation IQ, right? So that you could see which innovation tactics would work. And I had been studying Amazon for that research at that company. And that's how I got hired into Amazon. So Amazon hired me not to do that real innovative technology, but to take the cloud, into enterprises and so what they said was we want to almost do a reverse of your superpower which is emerging tech and getting it started we want you to take our tech and get it embedded into the enterprise he was having trouble with the cloud and then as a group and when i started at amazon jan it was like a startup I mean, we had small teams. I was able to write a narrative, which is part of the AWS culture. And I would have a great idea for a $50 million business. And they would say, go fund it, go do it. It wasn't like (laughs) these 22 meetings and prove this business case. It was like, okay, go do it. At At the last few years at Amazon, I got to work on, again, incredible emerging tech to help out in particular with regulated industries. So I was looking at blockchain for financial services and healthcare and governments, right? I was looking at IoT. I was looking at AR and VR and how you could use that, maybe with defense systems, with training and healthcare. And so that's really what took me down the rabbit hole. Is if you combine, think about it, you know, the world we live in with the metaverse is kind of a combination of artificial intelligence and AR and VR and IoT, right? That sensors. There's so much now in metaverses to not just To bring in all the senses that you have and the blockchain. And so it was that that got me so excited. I was doing so many side projects that I loved, and I found myself spending more and more time there. And that's when I met Matt Gold, who is the CEO of Unstoppable, and he pitched me on digital identity for the metaverse and beyond. And I was all in.
1: Amazing. What a great story, and thank you for sharing with me that background, I think it really helps explain how you got to do what you do and why you're doing it, which is always as important, I think. And while we're on that sort of personal mission of yours, one of the things that is obviously, in my mind, very clear, even though we're seeing some improvement, is how do we make sure that as we build this next era of the internet, it's going to be built by a really diverse group of people. And I'm not just talking about gender, you know, men, women, non-binary people. I'm also talking about people from underrepresented communities around the world. So it's also not like just U.S. centric, but I'd love to pick your brain and get your sense of what are you seeing today that makes you optimistic that these things are happening and that is changing? And what are some of the things that you feel companies can do better in making sure that the future is going to be built by a diverse representation of society versus what the first wave of the internet looked like?
0: Yeah, this is what I'm really passionate about. Um, So I think that any emerging tech needs diverse thought. I call it diversity of thought. It's not just diversity of the way you look, but the diversity of the way you think about problems. That's what brings the best innovation. And to get that diversity of thought, you need culture differences, gender differences, racial differences, uh, school different. I mean, you need all of that brought together in order to really have the best technology that you can have. So I'm really passionate about what's happening right now in the Web3 and the metaverse space. Because if you look at the numbers today, only 8% are women who are really participating and building in the space. And that's just shockingly low. Like, how can it be 8%? When I was at Amazon, you know, in the cloud, it was 25%. And I was always like, oh, that's too low. We got to go up. You know, we need to be 40. But 8%? I was just at Davos and we were, there's a lot of overlap with artificial intelligence and what we're doing. And AI is 15%. So I think there's like this trend that emerging tech typically starts out being very homogeneous. And we've got to fix that. So I wanted to make sure we were taking action in that area, not just talking about it, but doing something about it. So I started a group called Unstoppable Women of Web 3 and the Metaverse, and my goal was to bring in companies to help educate women about this space so they felt really comfortable applying for jobs, building and innovating in it. So we started, when I first pitched this, we thought, oh, well, maybe you're going to get 20 companies. And the first go-round, we got 70 companies that all said, yes, this is a problem. We need more diverse people in the space. Again, not just women, but racial diversity, culture diversity. I mean, you name it. And so we now have, I'm really proud to say we have over 195 companies who have joined this mission. And the mission of Unstoppable Women of Web3 and the metaverse is all about education. So we wanna take that first step. How do we educate people? So we have classes, we have certifications that get put in your digital identity. We've got all kinds of partners helping us build, a BitDegree, BitMart, from Google. Even Google's come in with us, a Web2 company that's doing a lot in Web3. Folks like Deloitte, OpenSea. I was just on with blockchain.com today. All these people are very passionate about changing the game in the space. In addition to the education, Vaughn, I also believe that if you can see it, you can be it. You want to see people like you. And so we announced a list of the top 115 most inspirational women in Web3 and the Metaverse. We're going to get some more women on your show from that list. Yes, please. Incredible. They are incredible. And that really gave us a lot of people going, wow, there's so many women. It attracts other women. We also decided this year to do the top 25 girls in the space. So these are girls that are six to 18 who are already doing smart contracts and building NFT collections and doing Roblox collections, making a business of it. It's pretty incredible. And then the final thing is speakers. We want more women speaking like on your show. So gracious to have so many women and commitment to get more women and diverse groups on here but we want others to do that. Like we want conferences to do that. So we also have a speakers bureau as well.
1: That's fantastic. Yep. And I know you have girls, right? And I have an 18 18. months old girl.
0: (gasps) Oh, 18 months. Wow.
1: Yes. And you know, when I think about, because before I had, before we had her, I still, I was always excited about all the companies I started over the past decade, always had, At the intersection of how it unlocks human potential with an initial focus on young people. My first company, we built a computer that kids can build and code themselves with Kano, where they can build a computer like Lego and learn to code and do coding applications. And that was really early in the learn to code movement about a decade ago. And when I think about Roblox, part of the thing I'm excited about is we are giving a career path to a new generation of creator who grew up on the Roblox platform and suddenly at the age of 19 and 20 and 21, I mean, half of our company are people below age 22 because they all grew up on the Roblox platform. But when I think about little girls, like my girl, it's not just about opening up the opportunities of how she can play a role in building the future, but I think it's also making sure that until that happens, the future that we are already building today Is going to be relevant and meaningful and inclusive to make sure that everyone feels invited, and especially in a polarizing world like today, it's not easy to do. And he said something really smart that I very much appreciate, which is, it's not just about the way people look; it's not just a man and a woman because there could be two women who are in the conversation who are still not diverse, right? They can speak, they can think exactly in the same way, and I think to really build a next generation internet that is meaningful and inclusive and provide prosperity opportunities for everyone no matter where they are is to make sure that no matter who we are everyone gets a chance to build and contribute which is why it's so fundamental that i think a lot of the technologies out there have to be they have to be simple simple for anyone to use and build on and that's what i think is really exciting as we look at technologies like generative ai digital twins blockchain and making sure that ultimately all of those building blocks of a next generation internet can be like a wet clay in the hands of creators and the creators could be anyone anywhere.
0: I love everything that you said because I completely agree with you. I think that web three and the metaverse needs to be easier. I was actually teaching a class. I'm an adjunct professor and I was teaching a class and one of my fellow professors wanted to come in and it was so hard. He's like a tech professor. He got stuck up on the ceiling of this metaverse, could not figure out how to get himself down, stuck up there basically the whole class. Why is it so hard, right? So we need to make it easier and more enjoyable. And I think that then unleashes this diversity of thought, right? It's about how you think differently so that you're inclusive of everybody out there who might be a user of the space. So we should get you guys you know what? You should get into you're gonna get into our unstoppable women of web three in the metaverse. So I can feel it now. We're kindred spirits, yawn for sure.
1: I would love to. I look every morning. Having a girl gives even greater sense of purpose to what we do every day, which is to build these amazing worlds. And I'm also very proud that there's so many amazing women who work at Super Social today and they're smart and powerful and independent. And they lead right? And I think I, although I'm not a, because I'm founder and CEO, I can say that it's a female led company because I'm a man. However, I am very proud that in the leadership and in the senior team, we have so many amazing women who are building and contributing and helping to shape not only the company, but also what we're building, which ultimately touches the hearts and the minds of a lot of young girls around the world. And as Roblox, particularly, It's such a phenomenal place where I think, I don't know the official number, but I think 40 to 45% of the audience of Roblox, which means around 25 to 28 million daily active users are actually girls, which is amazing.
0: That's right. Well, I applaud you. Thank you for doing that. You know, I said earlier, if you can see it, you can be it. And so I love the fact that you're not just talking about this, but you're setting the bar. You're bringing your leadership team in, you're taking action. Your daughter's going to be really proud of you i hope so or she will
1: say daddy i don't know what you've been doing all these years (laughs) (laughs) but thank you i would love to be involved in any way i can and i think we have amazing women on the team as well that i'm sure would be happy to contribute and really make sure that any girl anywhere can really believe that she can do more maybe that's a great segue to ask you my final question which i love asking every guest is What's the one thing from all the amazing things we talked about and the great perspective you shared, what's the one thing you want our listeners, whoever they are to take away from the conversation today?
0: Well, my one thing is you're owning your digital identity is your human right. And therefore don't wait, go ahead and get that digital identity today. There's great educational videos. We've got tons up on Unstoppable Women of Web3. We can help you get started. I don't want people to wait because this is defining who you are, right? I mean, I've got sandy.nft. I'm starting to build that Web3 and Metaverse brand now. There's nothing wrong with having a Web2 brand and kind of bringing some stuff over, but then creating that Web3 brand. Being early is great. So everyone listening, I'm sure everyone who's listening to your podcast here into the metaverse is an early adopter and likes to be first. And I think that's what we need to do. And then you can show the way, right? All of you who get it can show the way and help to get this into the hands of everyone.
1: Amazing. I love the statement. It's bold. Digital identity is a human right. Let that sink into your mind and hopefully it's the really going to be accelerated in how it's being explained and democratized so people can understand why it's important, not just what can you do, but why it's important that you are able to do that as the internet evolved to its next phase. Sandy, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Thank you so much. And again, thanks for being such a diversity champion. We love having men who are strong diversity champions as well. So thank you, Jan. Thanks for having me on to your podcast too. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Into the Metaverse. We hope you learned a lot and explored new aspects of the metaverse.